Grace and mercy and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word that we meditate on this morning is our epistle lesson from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul writes, Grace and peace to you from our God and Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way. With all kinds of speech and with all knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. So you ready yet? And you realize the big day is coming. Got your decorations all set. Presents all bought. Parties planned. Decide what you're going to cook for dinner. Because National Bacon Day is coming up, December 30th. You're ready, right? I mean... Don't confuse National Bacon Day, though, with International Bacon Day. That's at the end of August, because bacon deserves two holidays, right? No, of course, I'm kidding. If, are you ready for Christmas? <laughs> you have the presents bought and the decorations up and parties planned and got your menu and your cookies all ready to go. Maybe some of you are thinking, yeah, I've seen a couple nodding heads. Yeah, I'm well on my way, right? Why not? <laughs> Others are shaking their heads very this way. No, lots to do yet. Maybe you're somewhere in the middle. Maybe you really don't care a whole lot right now. <laughs> but that day's coming too, right? It's on the calendar. December 25th is coming. But what about an even more important day? Yes, more important than Christmas and Bacon Day. Are you ready for that day? It's a day that's not on your calendar because we're not quite sure when it's going to come. But it's a day that we absolutely want to be ready for. Jesus' second advent. That time when he will come again. That day that we don't know. And it's a day that you want to be ready for, don't you? And it's a day that we should be ready for, shouldn't we? I mean, the, the warnings are all over Scripture. Right? Jesus is coming again. And the encouragements are all over Scripture. Jesus is coming again. We should be ready. But today is really a good day to ask on this first day of the season of Advent. Am I ready for that most important day of my entire life? Am I ready for Jesus to come back or for me to go and meet Jesus on my death day? Because as much as this month is about preparing and getting ready for all of the festivities at the end of this month, it's quite possible that the end of the month won't come. That you won't see another Christmas. And if that's the case, 
all of these preparations for Christmas really are nothing, right? But preparing for that last day or your last day means absolutely everything. And that's why we ask the question today, are we ready? Have you heard of this phenomenon called bear selfies? B-E-A-R, selfies. <laughs> Where it's been this phenomenon for a number of years now to try to get a selfie with a bear out in the wild, which has proven to be very dangerous for, some, for everyone, but, but even deadly for some. Trying to get a selfie with a bear, right? You know what that is, right? Taking a picture with a bear behind you, right? It got so bad in, uh, near Lake Tahoe in California that along with the coronavirus, they shut down that area of the park where bears come along where the, the, the lake, or the river I should say, where, where the, the salmon have been spawning because people just get too close to these bears, forgetting that they're wild animals. There's just been way too many bear attacks. Something that can be completely avoided. Just don't get close to the bear. Don't turn your back to a bear, right? It's just not smart. It, it's something you can completely avoid, that danger in your life. Because you know there's many things in life that we can't avoid, like getting mauled by bears. You can't really avoid or completely prepare for a financial loss, right? You can kind of get ready. You can put some money in savings, but, but can you ever be completely ready for that to happen? Or how about a sickness? Where you've got medical insurance and maybe some life insurance, right? And you try to take care of yourself, but when that illness strikes, how can you be completely ready for it and what it's going to do to you? Or how about the loss of a loved one? If they've been sick and you know their time on earth is coming to an end, you can kind of begin to prepare yourself, right? Or as you get up there in age, you can begin to say, you know, I know my days are getting shorter, right? You have a little bit of time to prepare, but can you actually ever avoid that or completely prepare yourself? I don't think you can. What about the last day? Right? We, can, we can talk about it. Right? We can read what scripture says about it. But on your own, can you prepare yourself for that day? <laughs> that day that can't be avoided. That day that will come when you don't expect it. The truth is, you can't prepare yourself. Because what your sinful flesh wants to do is forget about it. Your sinful flesh doesn't want to think about death. Your sinful flesh doesn't want to think about Jesus coming on the clouds with all of his angels and to sit on a seat of judgment that you have to stand before. Instead, our sinful flesh would much rather just fill our lives with empty things. Things that really don't matter a whole lot. Things that certainly don't matter for eternity. Our sinful flesh wants nothing more than for us to put that thought 
out of our minds and think, oh, that's so far off. It couldn't be today. I don't have to worry about that right now. It's not my concern. I've got too many other things that I'm busy with in this life. Christmas is coming, don't you know? Too much to get ready for, to be thinking about those spiritual things. There's too many things going on in our world today, like coronavirus and in politics and, and world events, that, that all of those spiritual things really take a back burner. That's what your sinful flesh wants you to do. To be focused on the here and now. To take your eyes off of eternity, because it's a scary thing to think about, isn't it? Because your sinful flesh knows it has to stand before a judge. A judge who has every right to condemn you to hell. A judge who has every right to say, away from me forever. You see, friends, we can't really prepare ourselves because it's something we don't want to think about. <laughs> but thanks be to God. That God doesn't say, get yourself ready. He says, let me make you ready. Your God who says to you, while your sinful flesh wants to hide in the shadows, says, come out into the light. There's no reason to be afraid. There's no reason to avoid it. There's no reason to think that it's something that shouldn't be on the forefront of your mind every single day. Paul's writing to these Corinthian Christians here. And there's all sorts of troubles in the Corinthian church. Right? We're right here at the very beginning of his first letter. And this is a, this is a really tough letter to read. There, there's, a, there's a mess going on in this Corinthian church in, in all sorts of different ways. And maybe you can relate. Maybe the mess is inside your heart or inside your mind or inside your relationships or in the way that you look at the world and interact with the world. It just seems like a big mess. But yet, Listen to these words of Paul through the Spirit. It doesn't say you need to go and fix this mess or you just avoid the mess, but instead look to God. Look to God who supplies you with everything you need. Paul says in verses 3 and 4, he says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. Paul often starts out his letters with the words grace and peace to you, very near the beginning here. And those are, should be, two of the most beautiful words to us. Because grace is a love that God shows us even when we don't deserve it. Grace is a no-strings-attached type of, of love that God shows to us. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That, that's grace. That God first takes the first step and every step towards us. That's grace. And grace, God's grace to us in Christ Jesus, always results in peace. Because of grace, we have peace. We have peace with God. We have peace in our hearts. We have peace in our minds. We have the promise of eternal peace with him forever. Grace and peace to you 
dear Christians, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's not that this grace and peace are just given to you one time and there you go. Get by on this. No, Paul says this grace is given you in Christ Jesus. That there in the original is an ongoing thing. This grace is continually being given to you in Christ Jesus. Friends, you want to be ready for that last day? You want to come out of the darkness and be in the light? See what your God has done for you. Shown you grace and given you peace. Continuing to pour out his grace upon you so that that peace can continue. To pray, Lord, make my heart ready. I need you to continue to come to me through your means of grace, through your word and through your sacraments, and to fill me with that peace of my forgiveness. To fill me with that, that peace that longs to forgive others. To fill me with that peace that I long to enjoy forever. Continue to bring that grace in Christ Jesus to me as you take me back to see his humble birth and his perfect life and his innocent death and his victorious resurrection. Friends, continue to see that grace of God for you that continues to fill you with peace. Lord, make my heart ready. Remove all fear. Take away all doubts. Scatter the darkness. Put to death my sinful flesh. And let me live in your grace and peace right now and always. Friends, this is what our God promises to us. There's even more. Look at the end of what Paul says in this section, verses 8 and 9. He says, He will keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Friends, just listen to these phrases in here. This is, this is nothing about what you do to make yourself ready. There's nothing here about what you got to do, all the preparations you got to make for the last day. Instead, it's what God does for you. He will keep you firm to the end. He will make you to stand. And how does he do it? God is faithful. He's called you into fellowship with Jesus Christ our Lord. Friends, God offers grace and peace and we only receive those blessings through the gift of faith, and even that is not from ourselves. But he has called us. He has called us to faith through the work of the Holy Spirit. He has called us into fellowship with Christ Jesus. We are one with him. We are united with him right now and forever. That is how we stay firm to the end. God is faithful to this promise. When we are unfaithful, God is still faithful. When we stray, he is always there to call us back. When we sin, he is always there to listen to our cries for mercy. God is faithful. God forgives. God makes you firm to stand to the end so that, as he writes, you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. That when that day comes, when that second advent of Jesus happens, you stand blameless before him. 
before that judgment seat, all your sins are gone. Because they were nailed to a cross. And through faith and by God's grace and with that peace, you have been clothed with the robes of righteousness of Christ. And you could stand before that throne, before that judgment seat, and say, Lord, have mercy on me, because you died for me. You forgave me. And through your works, Jesus Christ, I am blameless. I am holy. I am a saint forever. Friends, there's nothing you do to make yourself ready. It's all done. All done through Christ Jesus. And you continue to be made ready as God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit continue to come and make you stand firm to be faithful to his word. So that on that last day you are ready to receive him. But that day's not here yet, is it? The day's not on your calendar. <laughs> You're not counting down the days to the last day. So we've got things to do while we wait, don't we? While we make ourselves ready as we're in the word, as we're in those means of grace, while God continues to make us ready through, these, through his word and sacrament, God gives us gifts. God gives us spiritual gifts that we get to use to serve one another and to serve him. Listen, right in the middle of this section that Paul writes, he says in verse 5, For in him, in Christ, you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritually, spiritual gift as you eagerly await for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. Friends, while we wait for that day to come, while we are made ready by our God and his word, we've got something to do. We use our gifts. He says that you've been enriched in every way. You don't lack any spiritual gifts. We get to use our gifts not to serve us, but to serve each other. We get to encourage one another as we see that day approaching. We get to admonish one another when a brother or sister falls into sin. We get to offer the gift of forgiveness to one another as they repent and we lead them back to the cross of Jesus Christ. We get to encourage one another with our generosity as we give of ourselves, of our resources, of our time, of our talents. Friends, we get to use all of these spiritual gifts that God has entrusted to us to serve, to love, to be kind, to be the hands and the feet of Christ to the world. As we eagerly await for our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's true, isn't it? Don't we eagerly await? You might be eagerly awaiting Christmas, right? Because it might mean, you know, it brings back memories of Christmas's past. Or maybe it means that someone is coming to visit that you haven't seen in a long time. Or it's just those traditional things 
that you find such joy in? I hope maybe you're starting to eagerly anticipate the coming Christmas season. But friends, don't we eagerly await, as Paul writes, for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. Not in a manger, but on the clouds. Don't we eagerly await for Jesus to return again? Because we know what that day means. It means no more struggle, and no more pain, no more suffering, and no more sin, and no more death. All of these things that we try so hard to avoid in life are gone. We eagerly await for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. As we heard in our Isaiah lesson, right, that he would rend the heavens and come down to make himself known. Because, my friends, that would be a day of joy. A day of joy that we have never known. And so we wait with joyful hope for him to, to, for him to be revealed, for him to come again, and to know well, while we wait for that day, God will make us firm. God will continue to pour out his grace and his peace upon us. God will continue to fill you with his spiritual, those spiritual gifts so that you can serve and that your life has purpose and meaning right now as you wait for your life to come. Friends, you are ready. You are ready whenever that day may be. Because God is faithful. Amen.